Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to another happy pod, the only podcast wait, wait, wait. in the world. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. H- hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another happy pod. <laughs> the most wonderful podcast in the world. The one where that when I'm the guest, I do the intro. And we talk about movies, try to keep it light, and, uh, and, and try to look for the good in things most of the time. Especially in this case, I think. I hope. Oh. Because today, what will we be talking about? Lana Wachowski's artistic midlife crisis, aka <laughs> the Matrix Resurrections. Welcome back to the Matrix. Yes, we're gonna jack off and jack in for the final time. <laughs> I'm very excited. Don't like this. I don't like this saying at all. It needs. It, this is where it ends, right? No. Okay, oh, you're just committing to it now. Going no, forward, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully not, but you never know what could come up. Lawrence, we have a guest. We do. Hello. I'm Ben. I'm Ben from Canada. Is Ben our, like, I was going to say fifth Beatle, but like third Beatle in this case? Yeah, I, I did say to him earlier, he's just our smart correspondent. Like, whenever yeah. we whenever we don't understand something, we're like, we need Ben to undumb this for us. Yeah. I prefer, I prefer resident overthinker when <laughs> okay. the boys get lost. <laughs> I like that. We call him in when we need when we just are seriously completely fucking stuck, like we were last week. Yeah, which is which was why we need you here this week, Ben. Yes, I'm here to explain? Question mark? I don't know whether this is explaining or going on a diatribe to try and figure out what the hell's going on in these movies. <laughs> uh, well, we'll do as best as we can. Um, where do do we want to start? Kind of picking up on the tail end of revolutions or just the Matrix as a whole? Where do we, where do we go? I would say I think the first thing we need to do is reference the fact that we have made loads of money this week, Nathan. So we'll we'll speed oh. run this quickly. Oh shit! This is the part of the show where we get together. It's another happy revenue. We get together. We talk about how much money we've made from this podcast specifically, because we like to be transparent and open about the incredibly lucrative business that is this show. Last week, 
I can't remember the amount of Swedish krona that we had, but I know that it <laughs> resulted in one pound sixty nine pence. Oh, the funny sex yeah, number. The fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been waiting for ages to hear. This yeah. week, Nathan, we've been humbled. Oh no. <laughs> We are, the mighty mountain that we've been climbing has let us know that it didn't want us there. We have earned the net profit of one extra penny on top of that total. Surely not. Yeah. Hey, line goes up. That that's true. That is true. So this week we're also sp- like splitting the profit between the three of us now. So you got to do one third of a penny each. Yes. Oh, I didn't consider this. Okay. That's working off the basis that it would be an equal three-way split, Ben. And you've yet to you've yet to explain the Matrix Three to us, so we'll see. Send us an invoice, Ben. We'll get through it. Well, I want to make you pay a two-pound international transfer <laughs> fee to drop me one penny. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Nathan, what, what 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 did I interrupt you with? Where where are we going? Where are we starting? I have no idea, mate. Okay, oh, I have an idea. Um, I could talk about my uh, experience with the Matrix. I'd love that. I'd love um, nothing more. I was fucking obsessed with this shit as a kid. This was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, we used to make like me and CJ used to make little chess games where we would one of us would be like the main one of us would be Neo and the rest would be an army of Agent Smiths <laughs> and we'd get like a little toothpick and then we'd make him like flip a little stick around and kick their asses. It was great. <laughs> I saw it at a very a very young age. Yeah, and I did not understand it, but I kind of did. And then as I kind of got really into art and uh, then, damn, this is like some of my favorite stuff mm. that has ever been on film. Matrix Resurrections was, as a result, the only one that I've seen in cinema. And let me say oh, wow. that the thrill of seeing the code at the beginning in a movie theater, yeah. unparalleled. Yeah. I did not know how much I've been waiting to see that in the cinema. I didn't see Resurrections in the cinema. The only one I saw in the cinema was Revolutions when I was in, like an eight-year-old boy. Really? Or whatever, yeah. Wow, you got yeah. let in on that. Yeah. Dang. I snuck in with my dad. At least it wasn't the really horny one. That's true. That's true. I have been listening. These movies do get a lot less horny as they go on, which is a bit of a shame, really. <laughs> this one's way more, way less like dick and vagina focused and way more like bleeding heart focus yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> and vagina focus i feel left out i haven't seen a single one of these in on the big screen and i feel like i've i've, I've let the <gasps> side down on that yeah you're a fool you should we've been understanding these and discussing them about their horniness about kind of some of the acting ability it's it's been a lot of praise for agent smith there was some touching on the core themes i would say that we have a fairly decent understanding on the first two and the third one <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, would it be fair to say that we were both fucking lost? No, I don't <laughs> think so. We we understood a certain amount. Mm. Look, it's it's not a straightforward movie. I feel like what what maybe Nathan was getting it a little more from my sort of uh, listening. Wow, ability. Lawrence, you were kind of just like, and then this happens, and then this happens. Like you understand what happens in it, but you're sort of as soon as you tried to get into the weeds, you're like, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. So <laughs> fuck you, Ben. I'm gonna send you corrupted files next week. Fuck you. <laughs> oh no, fuck shit. I'm sorry. No, I'm trying to shit. <laughs> also, can I? We just acknowledge that Lawrence is wearing a suit right now. Thank you. No, we're we're not gonna acknowledge that whatsoever. <laughs> we're gonna get through this entire podcast and just let him sit there. I'll let the listeners just wonder if I'm telling the truth or not. Yeah. Nathan's salty because <laughs> last week we agreed on a dress code, and I showed up ready to serve Agent Smith. <laughs> energy so what 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 are your questions about about the matrix Re- revolutions because it is a very important movie to this movie as well my main question is what so so please please run no i 
there's so many moving parts to it that like I, I, you know i was exaggerating a little bit i think we get it on a somewhat of a level give us the idiot's guide to understanding the matrix 3 the idiot's guide to understanding matrix 3 war is <laughs> happening yeah sentinel's coming yep uh-oh the prophecy was a lie what are we gonna do neo wakes up in this train station is like fuck nothing makes sense anymore meets this programmer called ramakandra my favorite character in all these movies and sati okay mm. um they explain a little bit about how the machines are evolving the machine side of what's going on that not everyone is necessarily all about this war he gets rescued merovingian crazy roof flipping happens that you described so eloquently that didn't necessarily need to happen because there's a pillar you could just move by the pillar. Um, <laughs> uh, celebrate in a weird sex club. Trinity's very much in love with Neo, so she rescues him by making a deal with the Merovingian that, hey, here's the fair deal. I won't kill you. I'll rescue Neo. And he takes that bet. Um, they go out, and Neo needs to have a big think. And he's like, okay, what do I do? I've been seeing the city in my head. I'm going to go back to the city. I'm going to try and talk to the source. Big war happens. He gets to the source, manages while losing Trinity. Also doesn't have a connection to sort of humanity anymore because he's lost Trinity. And then he's like, hey, Smith wants to clone onto me. If I do that through you, then you have access directly to Smith from like a source code level. So if you just kill me, then boom, you get rid of Smith. So there's a key piece of information that, yeah, so we're all caught up. So there's a key piece of information that uh, Neo says as he's talking to the source where he says, Smith is running rampant and he's beyond your control. Even then, he even now, as he takes over the Matrix, he will soon gain access to your machine city. Smith isn't just stuck in the Matrix. It's been proven to us that he can get out. He can get out to the human world. He could do that through the machines, destroy all of the machine's identity. So they actually do it to save themselves. Right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. But overall, I think what Revolutions is about is that it's not... The first Matrix was like, we need to destroy the Matrix because that's the system. Yes. You know, The system represents capitalism, whatever the fuck, you know whatever they're going after but really the system itself a system is not a thing a system is how disparate forces collude in order to generate to sustain itself the sy the real system they discover is that the machines make zion and then kill zion and then let zion happen that's the real that's the that's the second matrix so really what they do is they destroy the system itself and they say what if we just have peace if there's no conflict then the system can't function as it does so that's the real matrix he destroys in the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a subplot as well in Matrix Revolutions yeah. with Sati. Sati is a very important character. Sati is the first program, one of the first programs that is created without a purpose. All these machines, their entire like existence has always been every program must have a purpose. That's what Oracle talks about. Sati is spontaneous creation, whatever. We'll just have a kid. Let's just like, hey, my wife, let's code a little baby program that we can have. Like a little baby artificial intelligence. Sati has no purpose. Therefore, she's trying to be exiled. Her parents sacrifice herself so that she can live. Love. Machines are capable of feeling love. Maybe we don't need to kill the machines. Maybe we just need to save them because they're also suffering from the system. The people in power are also suffering from patriarchy and capitalism. Mm. Rich people are depressed. They're lonely. They don't have no clue what's going on with the world. The real systems we got to destroy are not the physical intangibles. It's not breaking. It's not bombing a bank necessarily. It's rewriting the code of the system itself. That is Matrix Revolutions. I can see that. I would argue that is not necessarily well articulated in the movie itself, given that the majority <laughs> of it is just shooting squids for like an hour they, straight. They do, they do say it with a lot of monotone dialogue. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
just as a as a viewer, Ben, like just as a, as like a a person who experiences the movie, just the same as I would. We watch the mm. same thing. Like, how do you how do you get that? Like, I watched it and I was like, cool, big Megazord shooting rockets and shit." Like, <laughs> like, like so, you know what this is? Um, yeah, this is this is me in After Sun. This this is what's <laughs> happening here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. The turn has tabled. <laughs> The biggest thing about this series is that Lana Wachowski is not a stupid person. Mm. Lana Wachowski has read a lot of fucking books. And this is going to come up later in our discussion, I think. What is going on is not just surface level. you got to look into it. I've listened to a lot of the Wachowskis talk about this stuff. And some and Lana even said, and I don't know, I would love the listeners to sort of figure this out. But Lana has said that the very opening of Matrix Evolutions, remember that little like explosion of light that happens with the code? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She says that that, no one has solved what that is, but that's the key to the whole movie. And I don't, I don't even know. Oh. So I'm like, what? What I, maybe it's a birth of a new consciousness through Satsi. That's what I'm. That's the closest I can think of, and that being the key to everything. But I don't know. The point is that like, just read into it, and then you you will find something. And I think that they're they're smart. So it's, assume that they're smart, and then figure out how it works. Nathan, you you texted me that you had a theory as to what that white light was, didn't you? I think you're confident that you can <laughs> solve it? it here and now. What's your theory? I would love no, to hear. I've no, never heard anyone talk about no. Lawrence is just completely making that up to throw me under the bus and make me look like a dumb cunt. Um, so thank you, Lawrence, for that. No, it's it's what Ben said. It's it's the birth of Sati or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. so amen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Resurrections is a movie. It can go either way. I think. Let's talk general thoughts up top because. When I first watched it when it came out, I wasn't necessarily sure about it. I was like, do I like this movie? Is this anything? Is it good? I feel like it's one of those that can be, it's either genius or it's fucking terrible. It like, it teeters <laughs> on the brink, I think. It's a seesaw of a movie. And yeah. then when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, this is genius. This is like, this is really fucking good. And then there were moments mm. where I was like, oh, maybe not. But I feel like overall... It's good. It's a fucking good movie, I think. I really enjoyed watching it yesterday. Yeah, I, I watched it I watched it just this morning and I was kind of like it firstly it just it justifies it's not the movie should have to anyway, but it justifies the existence of like you know so many times a sequel will return after twenty years or whatever, and it's just like we wanted to milk the money out of this big kind of cash cow IP and it so quickly it's just like we're not interested in doing that. Like within the first five minutes it's introduced so many like things up top that casual audiences would be like i don't want this i want neo kick people please neo kick butt now i feel like that's i feel like that's part of it i feel like it's like it's it's a legacy sequel but also kind of serving as a critique of legacy sequels in the same vein yeah i mean (laughs) the only movie brave enough to go warner brothers made this but fuck warner brothers we hate them (laughs) (laughs) um my i'd I had a very mixed uh, reaction to it at first as well, mm. um, simply just on like the filmmaking of it. The story, though, I found you know quite compelling, and I liked the sort of creativity that they were going with. Like you said, this sort of legacy sequel that's trying, that's very self-aware of its role as a legacy sequel, yeah. and trying to say something while being one. Mm. But on this watch, I've just just finished it. I w- felt so deeply touched by it. I found it very emotionally affecting. Yeah. Okay. This this is like such an emphatic fuck you of a movie. <laughs> and I 
respect the hell out of it. But not only that, it also feels deeply personal. Like it just this is just Lana Wachowski's thoughts mm. and feelings. Yeah. Just like splayed out for us while also trying to do what she's being forced to do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel there is very much an element of fuck you to it because it's the whole like you know there's the story of like fucking warner brothers execs trying for years to tell lana wachowski to make a fucking make a matrix sequel and she's like no don't want to do a matrix sequel don't want to do a matrix sequel and it's like all right fine i'll do a matrix sequel it's all about how neo doesn't want to do another matrix so fucking here you go yeah and it's it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> she is neo basically in that fucking story yeah so i, I really like yeah. you kind of you kind of get more of that as well when there's like when the character Thomas Anderson or Neo in the Matrix like agrees to do the fourth one to, to make mm-hmm. the new game in the universe, um, you get like the brainstorming sequence, and it's just a bunch of people that you you could almost like you can almost go on Reddit, throw a stone, and you'll hit one of these fuckers, like because you you just it, it's, it's just brilliant. the people like bullet time. That's what the Matrix. No, the Matrix is, and then and then there's the one guy that's like, you know what? Unlike you guys, I didn't love the first Matrix. And it's like, oh, you're cool. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's very, I think it's very obviously like that. I think that's the kind of like surface level stuff of it that it's clearly supposed to be like, fuck my own existence. If I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna make you look stupid while I'm here. Did you notice um, who was one of those um, like? Uh, writers. I did. Did you know? Did. <laughs> it's Martha Jones it's from Martha Doctor Jones Who. Herself, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. She's there, little, and she's uh, like, little Excellent. still got legs crossed over there. <laughs> it's it's even funnier because she plays like quite obviously the person who has the clearest grasp on what the Matrix is about, yeah. and then like all the dude bros in the room are like, "You don't get it," <laughs> like, yeah. and just immediately talk over her. So, can I give a little background to the how this movie came about? Um, I'd love it. I've I've done a lot of like listening to sort of Lana talk about the process. Please, basically, um, this this film was born out of tragedy, um, both creatively and. <laughs> Um, <laughs> real life. Um, Lana Wachowski was in a position where she had lost three people in her life. Her mom, her dad, and I think a close friend or an uncle or a godfather or someone. Um, in the span of like a year. Ooh. It was a really, really awful experience. Um, so, sorry to down it, but that that's sort of where this comes from. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once again, Warner Brothers had kind of done the annual email of like can you make a matrix four for us we'll pay you a lot of money (laughs) um and really this is the only movie that you know they were gonna let her make as well and uh lana essentially the story goes that lana was up one night um reflecting on her lost uh family really like this turning point when your your parents pass on the mortal coil and off this mortal shuffles off the mortal coil and you are now the adult you are now the elder and in this kind of moment, just started writing, because as a creative, that's what you do. And what came out on the page was a dialogue between Neo and Trinity. And what Lana was sort of feeling was like, oh, this feels like, you know, my mom and dad a little bit. And suddenly there was the kernel of an idea and like, okay, why would they be back? I think there's an emotional reason why I could make this for my parents, for me. She kind of buckled down and was like, all right, if, the, if we were to do this, then what's the most interesting legacy sequel possible? Yeah. How can we do it? And that's the core of it. And that's why this movie is very deeply emotionally touching to me because I think everything bleeds from that yearning, that desire, that reflectiveness, that like, am I who I was? I don't know, I've changed so much. Going back to where you started, 
there's a lot of room there to do interesting things, and this is the movie that we got. There, there is definitely a lot of kind of like maybe this is also in a like a fuck you studio kind of way as well. There's a lot of going back to where stuff all started in the films, in like in the actual yeah. Matrix. Like I mean, the, the the opening of this movie is essentially two characters watching a version of the matrix and realizing just the same way we are that something is off and kind of off kilter mm. which is really really interesting it just you can tell as well like in the filming of it it looks different mm. yeah. it, it has a different flair to it it's not as heavily storyboarded the music's different it's obviously a different actor but like there's something in the 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 vision of the direction that is very different yeah mm. i was gonna say remember when i first watched this movie and then watching the opening the, the opening sequence, at first, it just made me very apprehensive. Like, uh, I'm not sure about this. It just feels like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, just treading old ground, just going for the exact same opening as the first, first movie, but just updating it, making it a little bit different. But that's clearly intentional. They're obviously doing that on purpose to, yep. to fucking make you have that reaction. And then they twist it with, you know, the introduction of bugs and how it's a simulation within a simulation essentially um yeah really good stuff the big thing i honestly like i would just implore anyone who watches this movie and is kind of like oh i don't like it just just bear in mind that my the only the biggest defense i have this is that lana wachowski is not a stupid person (laughs) yeah that is that is it lana wachowski is so intelligent has read so many books there's no way that what you're thinking as a failure is the chance is so minuscule that yeah. she's just out of touch. Yeah. yeah. That's so you got to look at it charitably. Well when you consider that as well, you like it's so especially considering she's the same person that made the prior three Matrix movies with her sister as well. Like it's just a fucking it, there is no way that a studio is going to push Lana Wachowski around and mm. and it, Warner Brothers will have come out of those meetings going, "Yeah, we got the first scene of the Matrix recreated." Like they're going to be feeling great about it. Exactly. Not not understanding that it's it's Lana's way of just being like, you guys are fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm taking the piss out of you with this whole thing, and they're like, yeah. no, we got Neo and yeah. Trinity kicking. Like, Ben, do you know why it's just Lana for this one? Yeah, uh, Lily Wachowski was like, no, I don't want to go there. Um, okay, Lana had the idea, uh, approached Lily with it, being like, hey, I think I'm gonna do this. You, I would love to have you involved, but Lily just said. I, I don't I don't want to touch it. So equally personal, there's a very personal yeah. connection to this from both of them. Um, Lily's gone on to actually kind of quietly exit filmmaking as well in a way. Right. Okay. Um, now a very very fascinating painter. If you oh. want to look into that. Ooh, very interesting. Okay. Which also also there is a nod to Lily Wachowski in this movie. Is it? Um, Lily's whole thing right now is yellow rubber ducks. And what does Neo <laughs> have on top of his head as he's oh. sitting on the bathtub <laughs> contemplating him making this? new matrix game i'm so glad you said that because i watched that and i was like there's no way that duck is there for no fucking reason and i was like i don't get it i don't understand yeah and i now now i'm now i'm understanding that that's that's nice when i first watched it i was like oh my god because i follow i follow her on twitter and <laughs> yeah her, her profile pic is literally a little rubber duck <laughs> <laughs> that's really, it's almost like that's digitally cool. just like here you are yeah i've not forgotten about you I'm, and, and like also contemplating like man if i'm gonna do this like I'm going to do this without her. Like mm. that must weigh on you. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of weight emotionally personally to this in every kind of moment of it. That sort of like loop of like all right, we're going to the pre-production meetings for Matrix 4. Yeah. How do I oh god, I can't believe I'm doing this. And that that is so that first third is so just palpable 
in the anger and rage about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of talk about the first third because we we'll, I think that's kind of how we've done the matrix yeah. up until this point. We've kind of just gone through it and as we've thought about stuff, we'll just kind of pick it out as we go. So yeah, we we've done that, but it kind of we've done the opening scene. There's something off about this new matrix. It it's familiar mm. but in a way that not just not just from a recreation and different actor or actress standpoint it's actually kind of it has like a tangible difference that you can feel we cut to, where, 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 where do we go straight after that is it it's neo straight after that isn't it yes neo because they get morpheus out of uh, motor morpheus i think uh, uh modem morpheus something along those lines um, yeah who who is yeah part, i mean it's introduced a bit later but the should we do should we do a bit of morpheus stuff now young sexy morpheus <laughs> i like it yeah i like, I like it a lot it's clearly well the, the idea is it's a mix between morpheus and smith kind of combined in one kind i of, yeah. don't know where this like young sexy party attitude comes in from that mix but like i kind of <laughs> dig it though like not neither morpheus nor smith in the first three movies were like yeah man it's all cool but like i like it though it's a good it's a good uh characterization i thought it was really fresh yeah it's fresh and fun i, yeah. I think he, he brings the if he's a mixture of both of them he brings the the slickness and calmness like the very calm and slow speaking demeanor of morpheus but i think his theatricality comes in from agent smith who we've spoken about just being a big fucking drama 100%. yeah that's true oh. yeah the man who lives for theatricality like that's this one too like he comes out of the bathroom and he's like at last <laughs> yeah. and, it, and then he's like oh that didn't feel right that felt a bit stupid <laughs> but smith would have done it like that's what smith would have done yeah yeah mm. that's, that's i i point, deeply actually. love love the uh <clears throat> the moment where he takes the red pill and he just kind of gets ketted out he's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> he's just really high yeah it's so funny <laughs> i never considered that like what is this actually doing to your brain yeah <laughs> if you don't immediately get jacked out you know <laughs> jacked off that's not even what's jacked off jacked yeah. off it's true yeah. it's true i like that the matrix is different because like it's updated. It's mm -hmm. not the same Matrix we saw before. It's got but you sun. can now see the operator Ooh. just in the Matrix with you, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You don't need to find a fucking payphone to get out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I like quite like the. Um, this does present more of like the problems of like getting in and out of the Matrix, like the moment where mm. the, he's, he's got a tiny like train bathroom mirror. Oh yeah. And he's like, die or do this. <laughs> what do you want? I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I like that. I feel like we we talked a little bit in the past few episodes about like, you know, just the look of it in general and how there's like, the the green tint in the Matrix and the kind of bluish tint in the real world. And and that's not the case in this movie. But again, it kind of makes sense because it's updated, so they got rid of that. Really, mm. it's now. But you, what I do like is you can kind of see the code just like flickering in certain scenes you can see the code and like on just a table or like a drink or something like that it just flickers through which is which is quite nice and you can still see the vibe of it like it's got it, the, although the tint might not be there it's still it, there's the architecture is still quite gothic it's still quite hard to like pin it down to like a time period almost i disagree with that i'd say it's very clearly like modern day san francisco like that's mm. That's, that's where it is to me anyway but no i i like that it's different i like the the green tint and stuff isn't there anymore because like i say it's it's an updated version of the version of the matrix they've updated the graphics essentially yeah. um and and i think it it also adds something when you do get those cutbacks 
those just flashes of scenes from the original movies. And like, what? Well, these are really fucking green, man. Like, you just get like a sequence. Just, it almost seems out of place, but it's it's quite nice. Yeah, there there was a longstanding theory that um this movie would be oh what if the re- the next Matrix is it you know is the uh, the real Matrix is where they make they tell you that it is through art, but you're just satisfied by the fact that it's told in a story. Ooh, that would be the real Matrix. We're in the. This is our world, right? So, what if this was a Matrix? Very, very clever. And and Lana just was like, "Yep, that's exactly it. You're yeah. right. That's that's the next step." It's, it felt it feels very logical. I also really appreciate that it's not a movie series. It's a like games. Like just like yeah. that one slight degree separation. I really appreciated that because I, I do have questions if, about that. It would be that, too though. much. Like, how does that work though? Like, what does that game look like? Because like <laughs> they're saying they're playing clips from the game, and it's just the movie. Like it's it's like is that a cutscene? Did they film stuff for the cutscene? It doesn't matter like at all. But I have questions about the mechanics of that though. I imagine it was like a VR thing. Like they they mentioned as well that you wanted to create a matrix, a, a game that was indistinguishable from reality, which I mean I guess means that the graphics are real. Yeah, you know, mm. in a sense, and like maybe like the the film footage is like gameplay footage or dialogue scenes or something yeah. that happen that are just it's so good. That it looks like film footage from 1999. Yeah, exactly. I guess in my head, when they say a game, I'm thinking of like a PS2 game from like the early 2000s or whatever. And I'm like, that's not going to be that immersive, though, is it? That's going to be like, that's going to look exactly like Enter the Matrix or or like the Path of Neo or whatever. It's it's like GTA. It's exactly your life now, but you can just go outside and just bazooka a helicopter or something. Something random. Yeah. But no, I, I, I think that kind of makes sense, actually. I think I was too bogged up with our world, but this isn't our world. So that, that kind of makes sense, I guess. I think you, you do need that, like Ben said, the one layer of separation. Because otherwise, you will just be watching the movie being like, am I, hang on, am I supposed to be in the Matrix? Am I the audience? Am I part of the Matrix? Like, what you, You'd feel mm-hmm. very much like, I feel like you'd miss the point. This is still very much saying, like, I'm exploring these concepts, but through the lens of a film, you are still just watching a film that I've made. Yeah, mm. it, it, yeah. That that would be that'd be a little distracting. Mm. And the movie is like very loudly not subtle about what it's doing, but that that would be just slightly too ear piercingly loud. Yeah, yeah. just the, just yeah. A, uh, just That's a smidgen. True. Yeah. There's new additions that are in sometimes playing characters we've already seen, and some are just playing completely new characters. Um, we've got mm-hmm. Bugs, Jessica Henwick's Bugs, very interesting character. I quite like her quite a lot. I love that she's like an updated look on what hackers look like now. Yeah, yeah. You know, now they're like Tumblr blue hair <laughs> feminists that hack, you know, <laughs> cor- corporations and are like, give back. We need communism again. You know, that, yeah. that's what a, hacker, a revolutionary hacker looks like. I like that. I I like that you kind of you see her transform into that as well because you do get like one shot as a, a kind of visualization of what her life was before she was unplugged and it, and yeah just another representation mm. of just how much personality the Matrix just strips you of and just goes yeah. you're here to clean windows clean windows and that's it but yeah I like the character of Bugs Jessica Henwick is great um mm. she was um in Iron Fist which is not good just not a good it's... show. Season two was a lot better than season one, and it was cancelled because the whole thing was cancelled. Um, but season two actually ended with her becoming the Iron Fist, which would have been a lot more interesting. And she was great really? in the show. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was quite good That's actually. Cool. Um, but yeah, she's great. I enjoy the fact that she's called Bugs after Bugs Bunny, and then at one point she says, "What's up, Doc?" That's pretty cool. I love yeah. that. That's a good bit of <laughs> pretty fun. Pretty funny. 
<laughs> I did like um, that. I like she just throws that away as well. It's just what's up, yeah. dog? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good. I, I like really it. uh I enjoyed the analyst a lot. Mm. Um I, I thought the analyst yeah. was really fun. He's just like the new version of the architect. Yeah. Um, who did not by the way, he is not the source. He did he he just oh, okay. created the matrix. He's just a program. Right. I want to clear that up. But he did yeah. invent Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clear that one up just quickly. <laughs> oh, he should have been played by Norm MacDonald. That would have been great. So who's the source then? <laughs> just just the machine? The the source is like the machine mainframe. They're they're, they're it's like the king of the machine city. Everyone else in every other kind of identity that is a program is just a program that is there. Yeah. About in the matrix. Mm. So the architect sort of sits in his spot as a conduit between the one and the source. basically. Right. So, but okay. now the analyst is sort of just like, Hey, I, I invented this. I'm going to keep track of it. And this is a new role. It's a new me. I'm cool. I like humans. Yeah. I do like that. When you first see him, like, and he's in like the therapy session with Neo, he's, he's yeah. literally just a fucking walking blue pill. He's like head to toe. He's yeah. In like, he's in like a blue cardigan. He's just doing gay conversion therapy, <laughs> yeah. which I loved. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at with like the trans reading of of these movies? By the way, call me ignorant. I don't get it on this one. Um, I, I'd say I'd say it's more prevalent in this one than some of the others. I think. Okay. But me and Lawrence have said like we 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 can see how that's a part of it, but we're also not qualified enough to speak on it necessarily. Yeah. Um, sure. And we we don't want to misrepresent something or anything like that. Um, but I, f- sure. I feel like it is definitely it's definitely a part of it. I feel like anyway. They, I mean, they even mention it in this movie. It's part of like that fucking that boardroom sequence, isn't it? Doesn't one of them go? It's about trans rights or something? Yeah, I think one. I think there's just like a one yeah. real ham fisted like yeah trans rights kind of line. Yeah. In there. yeah. <laughs> well, there. I mean. Uh, at the end of the movie, there's also a very blatant thing, which yeah. I'll get to it uh, later. Okay. But, um, there's lots of good resources out there if you want to check out like a nice video audience, people listening. Um, lots of good resources. People have like delved into every single part of it. Yeah. Um, there's one by this creator, Aranok, who's made like a feature length video essay called "The Matrix is Intrinsically Trans," and uh, that's an interesting <laughs> okay. one if you want to check it out. Yeah. Watch there that. is. I, I think. I think. Uh, I might be getting the title of this wrong. There is another one that Mason mentioned on a caravan uh, episode of this, where, which was like, I think it's called The Matrix Sequels Are Good Actually or something. Yeah, by Curio. There we are, yeah. Or uh, Sophie from Mars, Sophie from Mars. There we are. Yeah, just just amazing kind of things. I think, yeah, to to ignore its like relevancy in these movies is just so ham-fistedly ignorant. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm fully equipped to understand everything <laughs> from my yeah. experience. I can show, there's a, there's a really fun line actually right at the beginning where, um, bugs, uh, Morpheus is just like, Oh yeah, this is Thomas Anderson's apartment. And, uh, <laughs> bugs says he has, he stopped being Thomas Anderson a long time ago. Yeah. And like, yeah, definitely Lana yeah. S- stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Lana became a new person a long time ago. That's not, we're not, we're not even worth talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like, I think one thing that makes me really appreciate the Neil Patrick Harris's inclusion playing the analyst. Um, is it the analyst? It is the analyst. Yeah. Analyst. Yeah. I think something that as I'm Ben, I'm curious to get your take on it as someone that kind of, just watched Matrix 3 and went, I get it. Unlike me and Nathan, who were like, we, I think we maybe do get it a bit, but maybe not much as well. Um, <laughs> to be fair, it took me like 10 watches of just enjoying the fight scenes. Okay. I was like, oh, wait, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> it's like a teenager. We, um, so I, what I really appreciate about his inclusion is his 
charisma and delivery of like complex things and ideas because yeah i I just think him sprinkled throughout the movie being like you thought this but actually this and this and here's a visual representation of a bullet flying towards trinity's head it's way simpler yeah yeah it just it, it feels more like a movie rather than like and i know you feel this because you I, I remember the fucking montage of just the stupidly long words that the original architect <laughs> says in the final, like, third of Reloaded. Yeah. And it's, like, intrinsically, statistically, blah, 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 blah. No man should drop the words concordantly and in- inexorably yeah. in the same sentence. That is, that is ridiculous. It's fu- but, like, I, I get it. I appreciate it. I am fully aware that I am at fault for being, like, I don't know what those words mean. I'm dumb. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time... I do like I pref- if if I had two choices I would always choose Neil Patrick Harris being like woohoo I'm dancing around the screen doing some cool stuff I'm explaining some themes and I'm I'm being really charismatic while I do it and he's fun to watch definitely it's is... always a plus it's it's just way less obtuse to to go at it that way yeah you know, I would recommend watching like looking up all the words that the architect says and, and going back because like oh shit this actually like yeah. makes sense <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know for like a comforting viewing experience it's always a plus yeah um, make make no mistake I'm fully aware that he's saying some stuff I think my main criticism I think he's saying far too much stuff for me <laughs> In one <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of uh, Big Neil, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. I like his role as um, as Neo's therapist and the just the way that he's just straight up gaslighting him, really. The way that he's oh, just put horrible. in place to just... All, all these things that are happening to him, all the ways Neo is like trying to break out and people are trying to break Neo out. And he's like, no, none of this is real. You're back in my apartment. And it's all just deja vu. And just the the oh, systems yeah. that he's put in place. to, And the fact that he's got him fucking hooked, like he's he's fully addicted to the Matrix. Like the, the fact that mm. he's mm. gone that deep on his mind. It's really interesting stuff. Like the whole, the montage, um where he's taking the blue pills and, and you know, it's set to that great song and you can just see how much this guy is just truly fucked and warped his mind because of it. It was a really good sequence. I, I really like all that stuff. They really sold in this one way better, I would say, than the other three. The idea of, like, why a person would choose to stay. They, like, they make that choice more blatant. Their system is so insidious and awful and manipulative. The fact yeah. that the moment that you're, like oh, I might see break through this reality. Like an NPC comes along who is like your family and distracts you, takes you away by like your job Mm. or a family emergency. And that's so evil. And especially when he's like in the mirror, he's like, Thomas, you're having a psychotic episode right now. Yeah. Come and back. He's, he's so like, that is so convincing. Yeah, he's that so calming and comforting and everything like that. Yeah. And it's it's so good. And and what you're saying there as well, like you you can see the systems that are in place. Like any time, like the first time Neo talks to Trinity in the cafe, her husband immediately comes up and is like, mm-hmm. it, "There's always going to be some distraction to stop w- whatever is about to happen," which is is really interesting. It's really good. Yeah. He gets she, he gets the uh, he gets the boot from Trinity for like as she says that's for using kids because it's yeah. yeah also I think just talking about the insidious nature of it there's something so horrifically kind of gross about this iteration of the Matrix trapping Neo in a way that still allows him to kind of funnel his albeit suppressed creativity but Trinity yeah, is, yeah but but where they put Trinity is just you're a wife and you're a mum. Yeah, and that's it. Like, and then she, because she's so dead. Like, even a strange man approaches her at a coffee shop, and she's like, "This has made my day." And I'm like, "That's 
like to to yeah there is obviously something about the sidelining of just a woman's role and what she should perceive to be the height of her worth it's the most direct like portrayal of patriarchy's effect yeah like on on a person who's like i don't know if i even wanted kids but then just like boom trad wife life yeah that's yeah what you get. like that's and and that's clearly not what she wants or who she is that's like man it's so much more evil in this movie yeah but it is and you, you it's a good point about like why people would stay because it's it's not that they feel like in in the first movie who's the guy that breaks out what's his name um well, not breaks out, but he's like betrays them to get back in. He wishes he could still be ignorant. Uh, oh, Cypher. was a Cipher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they explore that through Cipher, but that's more like a, I don't want to eat fucking toothpaste every day and shit. Like, I want to, mm, yeah. even if I know the steak is bullshit, I want to fucking taste it and experience, just be, you know, live in ignorance um, or as, as ignorant as he can be now. Um, but I like that in this one, it's not that you want to stay. It forces you to live a mundane life you're not satisfied with but you feel tied to like, and it's, yeah, there's just something in that. It's just, it's, it's, it's way beyond. We don't care about your personal enjoyment of our experience. Now we care more about the fact that you are hooked on it. Like Nathan was saying, you know, he's, he can't get it. Like, you know, leaving the matrix, he won't be able to have his dose of blue pills. There'll be people that depend on him that won't be able to like, you know, work or whatever. And in Trinity's case, she'll be leaving a family and she'll carry that guilt. Ultimately. Yeah. Fucking really, really gross, but yeah, way more insidious. Also giving her Tiffany the name. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Trinity's original name was never mentioned in the three movies. And at the end, when she tossed the analyst, she says, really, Tiffany? Mm. And he goes, that's an inside joke. She's like, I didn't find that funny. I think literally they gave her her old name in The Matrix. Um, there's more personal things here that I'd love to information than stories that I've, shared, that I've heard from Lana Wachowski. Um, one was Lana had a very uh, massive crisis, of, crisis, mental crisis. And um, had this moment where uh, she was sorry. This is a very dour story. If is this okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. yeah, that's yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Lana had a moment, let's say, um, where she was standing on a bridge. Um, it was kind of one of those moments, and all what literally saved her life. The story goes that there was this man who was on the bridge, made eye contact with her, and just looked at her for like maybe. 10 seconds and then walked away and Lana was like I can't fuck you you just you gave me a reason to keep going human connection shit uh. <laughs> and so Bugs was saved by a similar thing mm-hmm. a look and Neo was maybe also like it was on a similar sort of looking place Bugs to me is is the trans audience of the original trilogy being like your story saved me it shaped me into who I am and now I want to come back and save you and remind you that this matters yeah this is real and then that's that's Bugs's role in it which I mm. deeply like no, I, I absolutely... Yeah, because it, it's that interesting... I didn't know that story, but it kind of... The first instinct of where you'd go as a creative is, like, what does that person perceive that fucking, like, interaction to be? Like, what have they walked home and told their mm. family about what happened there? And to explore yeah. that through bugs going away and being like, I think I had a very deeply personal icon... Like, just section of eye contact with someone today, and I'm, I feel maybe I should have explored yeah. that further, yeah. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I feel like you could you could kind of assign um like a similar role to to quite a lot of like the the modern day like crew of of the ship outside yeah. outside of the matrix like i feel like a lot of them 
Mais, like, you say, like, Bugs is, like, the trans audience. Like, other people could be, like, the ones who just love the cool kicks and flips. And, like, that one guy who, like, wanted to ask if Neo could actually fly and that sort of shit. And then there's the ones yeah. who like the fact that Neo was someone who stood up and actually saved this world for them and made an actual difference and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's quite interesting, actually. No, I think so, yeah. I, I quite like seeing them as, like, an audience surrogate. That's a really nice take, I think. They're like me. <laughs> <laughs> just like me for real. <laughs> just like me for real. <laughs> I just want to say as a disclaimer that uh, I am I am not trans, but I, I've spoken to trans people. I've done a bit of reading. Um, please look into this further uh, yes. for more takes on this by the yes. trans people. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Jonathan Groth is Smith. Fucking inspired casting. Ah. <laughs> Fucking love this. No, no, shut up. Are we going to fight? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm of two minds about this, so I'd like to hear both of your opinions. Don't get, no, like, I like Jonathan Gruff. He's great. He's revolutionary as Jesse in Glee. He <laughs> is mind-blowing as King George in Hamilton, okay? Yeah. I love yeah. him. He's great, <laughs> okay? But <laughs> he's not Hugo Weaving. Okay, Hugo Weaving gave a masterful performance. He is probably one of my favorite parts of the first three movies. Okay, we spoke at length about the poetry and the cadence and the way he can take these words and just make them sound like butter melting. And it's so good. It's it's lost. It's lost a little if bit. It's, he it's was not so good, same. Nathan. He would have cleared his calendar and been there all right but there were scheduling conflicts that's the that's what heartbreaking about it to me i know yeah that's that's the part i, I like what they did with it but if the mind fuck that we would have yeah. all felt if he walked into that office like hey so we're gonna make another matrix mm. <laughs> like to yeah. neo yeah you're like oh yeah. whoa <laughs> like that would have blown your mind it, i do like that moment though because it, it does like cut back and forth between like his original introduction and it, and that was quite well done and stuff and you immediately get a sense of oh this guy is not quite right some of some of fucked up is going on here um and there are little moments like when he has the fight with um neo during like the the merovingian sequence he like looks in the in the cracked mirror at one point and you can kind of see like hugo weaven's reflection in the cracked mirror looking back at him which is which is quite oh, interesting um That's nice. But yeah, it's it's just it's not the Look, same. Let me let me explain my love a minute, right? Because right. firstly, you're right; he's absolutely phenomenal in Glee, right? This, this we cannot ignore that. <laughs> um, no, my, my thing was, look, yeah, he's not Hugo Weaving. Because no no one is Hugo Weaving. It's like asking someone else other than James L. Jones to voice Darth Vader, right? It would sound fucked, and it's always going to be odd. Mm, not necessarily. All right, well, you've, you've played the like games, that. I know. Well done. <laughs> it's, I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm talking in general. No, the, the point I'm making is, if, if Hugo Weaving wasn't there, I respect the fact that they went, we need someone else, and we need someone else to not come in and do an impression. We spoke about, you know, how good... I think his name was Ian... I don't know if I mentioned it. His name's Ian Bliss, the guy that plays Bane in yeah. Revolutions. Yeah. Um, Very good. But that is, again, what happens when we see a, a person doing, yes, purposefully, an impression of the previous actor. I don't want to see that again, because that was already introduced. It was already shown to us Smith with a different mm. face doing Smith. Mm. So in this new version of Smith, this kind of returned version of smith who also represents the biggest threat to both neo and who, who we all now know neo to be which is kind of a reflection on how lana sees herself the big bad 
the the studio head of Warner Brothers and Neo's arch nemesis, right? Huh. This person that has <laughs> invaded the the fucking the landscape of where people go, right, where people live, mm. and gone. I'm all of you now. Everything you watch is me. It's the like I know it's not Disney, mm. but it's the Disney of like I'm everywhere you fucking look. Sure. I I, I don't yeah. know. I just think there's something interesting, and I love the way that he kind of he brings the theatricality to it, which is why I think someone like Jonathan Groff is good casting. Like they didn't cast like. I, I don't know. They, I feel like they could have cast someone a bit more like suit and tie. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Slow and all of this. But he gives off the Smith vibe. I love how they played with also the recast in the the dialogue a little bit where he's just like, you know, look at you. You're old and I'm even more perfect. Yeah. Like they got the, that <laughs> <Yeah>. ego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just think they, they explain it away really nicely, which I, I think works. See, everything. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're saying, I understand and agree. <laughs> It's just not Hugo even. It's just, it's just, it's just not the like. There's no way to me you can fix this. Like I get it, and from that point of view, yes, absolutely, I can see. It's just when you compare the two performances, to me personally, one of them is just so far above the other. Maybe not so far, but it's just, it's just above the other one, and it's because it is just such an incredible performance, which I've just completely fallen in love with you can't you can't you can't match it but i think that it's it's an undertaking for an actor to walk in on a role that is that iconic and to just go i'm actually gonna not do exactly what was done we've got we've all got eyes we know that's not hugo weaving it would have felt weirdly out of place if he was going hello i'm hugo weaving but it didn't necessarily feel out of place when bane was doing it it felt like we both loved bane's performance I, I see what you're saying because he's Smith inhabiting someone with a new face in the real world. So I see the parallel you're drawing, but at the same time, I still view this as a very new version of Smith. A new, although yes, he has the history, he has the memories. He's he's designed to be specifically better than he was before. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just maybe I just love Jonathan Groff. <laughs> I got a question for Nathan. I mean, since we're still talking about it. So this is an interesting thought on like criticism. Do you count this, does this to you view as like a fault for you? Or is it just like for your own personal? um, No, no, no. This is just me personally. Like this is not a mark against the movie at all. Like I get what they were Ah, going for and I get that it's something different. And for that, it works. It's just me personally, my own personal preference. It's, it's, it's a shame to me. It's a shame that I couldn't see Hugo even do it again. Yeah. It's completely uh, yeah. selfish and personal, but it's like that, that's mm-hmm. that's how I feel. That's my reaction. But to it's it. valid. It's yeah. valid. You are valid. <laughs> Thank you for validating me. <laughs> there is no beating Hugo Weaving in this role, but I think you know, 
for what he does, he shows up and he and he he does he does a very good job. Um, yeah, but yeah. If we want to just go chronologically a little bit more, I'd love to talk about Io and mm-hmm. sort of how Ooh, the story yes. has progressed. What happened after the war? Yeah, I love Io. I yeah. fucking love this shit too, man. Yeah, this is the, this was a big thing for me. I really like that it's like what Neo did. It wasn't for nothing. Like it could have been so simple yeah. to just be like the oh the war started up again and we're back in square one and all that sort of shit. But no, it actually meant something. It actually had an effect and. And fucking Niobe's back and she's old now, which is great. Um, but we, we can see through her like exactly what he did and and how it helped, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really kind of what, what I wanted out of Force Awakens as well. Yeah. Which like in, in Force Awakens there's kind of a, a there's a sense of futility to the previous one. Yeah. Mm. Um but this they, they hammer it home like, no, this mattered. It's fine. And especially Niobe's character being like I learned to love silence and peace like that. You changed my life yeah. in that way. And, you know, and now we have true harmony. We have the results of what you did in re- revolutions, which is now there are machines who are on our side. Our side is now it, it, what we're fighting is just a faction that broke off from the machines that are still stuck in their ways. And we're kind of out of the fight. But yeah. now we yeah. enjoy sort of our solitude and our peace. Now we're growing strawberries. We're working with, with AI. That's like, the true victory, really, and that's the beacon of hope that they get, that will carry them through to, hopefully, the end, where we could see this everywhere. But all that matters is that like our people were were safe right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I love I love that they've got like machines on the team and stuff. And there's like there's a little one who gives him a fist bump and all that sort of stuff. That's so yeah, cool, oh. that's so cool. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> this is so much less intellectual than how you guys were just talking. But I have a note that just says. I really like Sir Bebe and Octocles, two cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> two cool dudes. Because they, they, they go over and they give like a, yeah, like you say, like a little head fist bump kind of situation. Yeah. It's, they're cool. They are cool. I do like it a lot, yeah. And I also like how, like, um, the the design of Bugs' ship, it's like half, like, a traditional ship we've seen in the Matrix, but then the back end of it, it's like machine-like. It's like they've taken the best of both and combined them into into mm. something new which is really good and and that's that that what i like is that line niobe has where it's it's something to the effect of it's not us versus them it's us and them working together to build something better yeah which yeah. which yeah. is good really. and even like the idea that the the machines were touched emotionally by what he did they're like yeah. we've we're looking for a way out of this system and you you granted us that like he he he's not just the savior of humanity he's the savior of like all intelligent life that were able to listen to him that was like oh made me feel so warm it it is all life as well because like depending on how you see or depending on like how you kind of interpret programs and i know revolutions probably deals with this quite a little bit um with especially with sati who we can get around to um that this this version or what's the city called it's not zion what is it io yeah so io kind of it, it has this this kind of technology now maybe maybe that was kind of gained through the contacts uh with machines and the kind of relationship that's been built there which allows programs Mm -hmm. to now enter not in the fucky way that agent smith did where he had to like (laughs) kill someone and like karate chop their heart out or some shit but like (laughs) instead now that they're just able to be there and to help like it it feels like a and maybe this again is a kind of like the um like speaking, and I don't want to say it is, but speaking to like the the trans kind of messaging in this, which is you know once 
once acceptance can be had, that's that's the moment that actual progression can move forward. Like once yeah. people that are not stuck in their ways, like once people accept people from for differences and appreciate those differences, you can grow together as opposed to just being like, nope, we all want to sit in our own corners and slowly die. <laughs> like that's yeah. what we'd rather Amen. do. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. literally explicitly say that diversity is helping us create vegetables. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I do I do like how there's still Bugs has still got the line of like, you don't want to fight a war, you're more concerned about growing strawberries. And I'm like, I would be too. She's done enough wars. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You weren't you weren't around in revolution. <laughs> she did quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you feel about the fact that Let it's her be been, old. Um, yeah. How how do you feel about the fact that it's been sixty years? since the trilogy good i i think that that gives weight to sort of the sacrifice and the victory you know like an entire generation has lived and maybe died i don't know what the life expectancy is like there anymore i mean niobe's still alive but that you've deeply impacted everyone Mm. yeah for that long before trouble started to appear that just adds weight to it you know it, it 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 gives like an answer to it was very open-ended at the end of revolutions where it's like what is even going to happen they're like maybe peace yeah. i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. Colonel sanders but <laughs> here here there's a, there's an answer it's like oh yeah we had 60 years of, of good times yeah and now we're in trouble again some of us are in trouble again and we're trying to just do our best i i like that it's kind of that extended of a time because yeah like ben said you kind of you get to see you get to see how that like the all the commanders and the council and stuff like the the citizens that you're seeing here they're like the kids of the people from zion like they you get to see yeah. the kind of life that they now lead is has been direct messaging from like the teachings of the people from zion of an older generation like the one there's one character i can't remember the exact character and who the exact character of the father is um that says like you know he was always so skeptical of neo and he would never say it publicly but he freed his mind twice and like it's interesting to see that 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 and that doesn't that doesn't always go one way as well like there are the the amount of people out there that are like well we're still there's still a matrix like didn't was neo working with the machines all along there are still skeptics out there and it's not perfect harmony and everyone's not skipping in a circle and stuff yeah it's allowed people to have more of a free choice and to express their thoughts more kind of more complexly rather than just being like machine bad neo good yeah the the, the the Matrix sequels are all about, like, you know, the first step to solving a problem is realizing that there is one. That's the first movie. Yeah. Is you realize, oh, there's a system and it, there's a war. Mm. You know, we got to do something yeah. about it. And then they kind of dig into what does that mean? Well, it's not killing all the machines, not committing a genocide against our opposing force. Maybe it's about finding some kind of harmony. And then we can build something together better. That's the true goal. It's not to defeat your enemy. It's to enter symbionts with them. Yeah, no, I like it. What about you? What do you think about the the difference in time, Nathan? Uh, yeah, good. Love it. Cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like us going first took the wind out of your sails with that. You were like, fuck this. Yeah, what, what you two said, basically. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give you a thumbs up on a nod. That's, the, that's that the worst thing about asking a question on this podcast, because you, you two will talk, and then by the end of it, I'll be like, I agree with that. <laughs> um... What what was you uh, when you you was talking earlier Ben about um the, more of the end of the movie and how like it can lead into more of the the idea of like this um trans analogy and that sort of stuff um and I'm interested to know what yeah. you was 
what you was getting at because I, I, I feel like I maybe <laughs> may have like picked up on the same sort of thing. So I'm interested to know what uh, what you're talking about, basically. So, uh, you know, a little basically in the original trilogy, the trans allegory was kind of like in there. It was subtle and maybe mm. they didn't even, you know, Lilia said, maybe I'm not, I, I don't know how much of my like actual transness was very purposefully trying to do that. But like subconsciously, I totally see what that yeah. means um, for me. But I feel like a lot of what is going on here is sort of Lana saying fuck you to a lot of people. One being Warner Brothers. <laughs> um, the other being uh, the people who have co-opted, you know, the Matrix. And yeah. Yeah perpetuating toxic masculinity by like saying yeah we're taking the red pill we understand that we're the powerful ones or whatever bullshit they spout and yeah lana wachowski is essentially throughout this movie being like no fuck you this is trans this means trans i am trans fuck you i am trans really is sort of the message of this yeah fuck you i'm trans i'm beautiful i'm valid and art can save the world is the overall message which is so Mm. heartfelt to me but the biggest thing is that the closing track of this movie yep, 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 is yep. wake up by rage against the machine <laughs> yeah. sung by a woman uh, fuck you picks up on this fuck yeah. you it's been this the whole time <laughs> no but it's it's the ending of the first movie it's rage against the machine once again but yeah. like, that was so clear to me yesterday when rage against the machine played but it was a, a female cover i was like oh Oh, this is good. This is mm. this is fucking. Yeah. This is interesting. I like this a lot. Um, so, Lawrence, you picked up on that too, didn't you? Look, as I was saying, we all picked up on that. Every single one of us. <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't look. Ben, Ben was there by just a hair closer than me. Like I had that so, on my yeah. notes. It was the next one I was gonna say. Yeah. But the important thing is, we all understood. I certainly applauded. Uh, it was a great moment. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, so to keep going, um, I I really like that this is a smaller story in Victory. You yeah. know, it's not about like destroying the Matrix or whatever. It's just about freeing Trinity. Let's just get her out of there. We've yeah. got um, a loved one, and we need to get her out. And in that in that action, they actually realize we may have stumbled on a solution to this problem. We have a new way to sort of be the one and help to free minds, or at least dismantle work against the analyst so the one is the two now well the one is a state of mind okay (laughs) (laughs) but no um i find it you know we talked about like how cruel it was that neo and trinity were sort of like kept together but separate but there's also something deeply romantic about that idea Mm -hmm. you know that like there's something trying to keep you two apart because the connection you have is so powerful oh i i I fucking love how cheesy it is in the way yeah in the way it's just like if these two so much as fucking touch each other's hands, then their their intimate love is going to explode the matrix. Like I fuck, I just mm-hmm. it's so silly. Yeah, but great. There are dyads in so the force. It's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, it made me really emotional because like that's that's true love, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it can break down the matrix. <laughs> I have a theory, Nathan, because we we spoke about a lot in Reloaded about mm-hmm. just how they couldn't last two seconds without sneaking off to a lift to have sex. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it perhaps is not, they were not separated because of their pure intimate love, but because of the pure prowess they hold <laughs> as lovers. Sexual chemistry. Yeah, like it, the second <laughs> these two lock eyes with each other. I mean, to me, I, I, look, in fairness, the first time they speak, Trinity's, uh, uh, Tiffany's kid comes in and is like, yeah. you're trying to bone my mum? He's absolutely trying to bone your mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me That's of? That's all he's ever wanted. <laughs> 
Do you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of just a, a very badly written Spider-Man comic. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with Cindy Moon at all? I'm not, no. No, no Cindy Moon uh, is like a, a spider person. Um, the character of Silk, you may have heard of that. Um, but basically, she was bitten by the same spider that Peter Parker was. Um, so she has like all his abilities and everything as well. Um, but she's been like kept in like some kind of like facility for years and years and years and years. So whilst like Peter Parker was af- out having all his adventures, she was just locked somewhere. And when she gets out, because they were bitten by the same spider, they have this deep connection where they're they're more powerful together. But what that ends up being is that whenever they're around each other, they are so fucking horny for each other. Like they just fuck <laughs> and fuck and fuck like nonstop. And I'm reading it like this is a comic book. Like what the fuck's going on, man? Oh my like God. it's Jesus. it's very badly written, um, but also pretty hilarious at the same time. Uh, so, so basically, Trinity and Neo are kind of like that, really. They're just yeah. two two sides of one very horny coin, which <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I enjoy. The horniness is all under the surface here. Mm. Yeah, it's still 100%. there. Although they like, they laid enough groundwork for me to know exactly what is going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can have um, sex in the sky now. They can. They can have oh, fly they can sex. just. They can go anywhere oh, they want. Oh, that'd be hot. <laughs> um, should we switch? Something else that I wanted to talk about and i was i watching the scene i was genuinely thinking i do hope ben joins for this because i just i just want to hear both of your opinions on this the merovingian is here and yeah and and he's basically and when i say reduced that is that has like negative connotations in like art and stuff but i when i say reduced i mean in the best most humbling way in for the character he has been reduced to this fucking angry alt-right bigot screaming in the corner he's the he's the he's the embodiment now of the old men yells at cloud simpsons meme yeah and i and i fucking i fucking love how they brought him back the actor was willing to come back just to literally stand in the corner of a room and be like things were better when i was younger (laughs) 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 just the fucking just an outright loser that just can't handle that Mm. things have changed from when he was rich and cool and powerful (laughs) it's 100% the idea of like now society is not catered directly only to you white man um Mm, so so this is this is an attack on me personally (laughs) and i am the biggest victim of everything so i hate everything now it's it's so fucking clever it's hilarious um and yeah just the biggest piece of dog shit that guy and 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 i love it it's 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 a stupid scene it's like it's a ridiculous moment in the movie but it's that's kind of the point really Mm. so yeah i like it quite a lot i i have in order to talk about that i think that i need to talk about what takes place while he's sputtering which is the action fight go for it because there is a big difference between the fights in this movie and the fights in the previous Mm. um Lana Wachowski came at this with a very different eye than she used to have. Um, mm. And it's kind of a tricky... I'm, I'm, I have a bit of a conundrum with it because it's not as dynamic. Uh, it's not as clear. Yeah. And some people, and especially people who watched this at the time, said that the action was worse um, or not as well filmed. And I have... I don't know because you have two, two options here. 
both bearing in mind that Leon Wachowski is an incredibly talented person, and I trust her <laughs> yeah. with my life. And there's two things. One, her sensibilities have changed, and she likes to shoot action this way now. Or they ran out of time. Or a number of reasons. But could it be possible that as this guy, the Merovingian, is sputtering about how things used to be better and more interesting, and you, oh, this is, you ruined everything, that we also get a mid-action scene in the middle of it? <laughs> That represents all of mid-action scenes in all of Hollywood. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Is it intentionally bad? I don't know. I think I respect that, but I think you can't look away from what is happening at the same time as that big blatant monologue is being said. What That's do you think? Interesting. That is interesting. I don't know, because you're right. The The, the action is different. It's, it's definitely not as, like I say, dynamic. I, I kind of described the the fights and and especially the the last two not the last two the the middle two movies is um kind of like more floaty and less impactful really yeah. which uh, the when compared to the first one because i really liked the action in the first one and i always felt like the in reloaded and revolutions it was a bit more less impactful and a bit more like i say floaty um and this kind of to sure. me it kind of felt like a mix of the two really because you did have the mm-hmm. fight with uh neo and smith where it was like that, like fighting the first movie with Morpheus and one of the agents, where like they were going through the walls and they were getting dirty and all the dust was falling on them and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but then you did have some, not not as intense, but some good like kung fu action moments as well and stuff. But but never, yeah, never quite the same intensity to it really. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I, I took it as like it's just kind of a mix between the two, like trying to find the middle ground, well, like, like almost sure. with the the um, the fight sequences in the Star Wars sequels, like you know, because you have the prequels where they're fucking off the mm. heads, they're running up walls, they're flipping, they're doing this, that, and the other. Then you have the original trilogy where it's slow, it's calculated, it's it's this move and that move, and then you have the sequels, which is trying to find like a good balance between the two of them, really. Um, yeah, th- this was kind of what I thought was just in the same vein, really. I but sure I like that. I I yeah. I love your theory, Ben, and I'd love to agree with it. But the only <laughs> reason I can't is because, <laughs> and may- maybe this is maybe this is me enjoying things at like my most movie popcorn brain ever or whatever. <laughs> but I was watching the action and for me like Nathan said as well because we've spoken about it on the last 3 episodes like the action I think has been somewhat hit or miss throughout the entire trilogy. Um and in this one I felt it was a return to what I liked so much about the first one. Like you're getting people getting their suits covered in shit and they're getting dust yeah, and they're getting yeah, their yeah. heads caved in on fucking concrete blocks and shit. Like I I like that because mm. it's all very like you can feel the weight of the action. You can feel the punches, and yeah, there's still there's still the sound effect, the kind of sound effects of stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. you're you're still feeling the weight behind it. So I don't know. Like I I love what you're saying. It could be a taste thing because this isn't. This it's just so it was so jarringly different. Yeah. in how it yeah. was filmed. It is that it felt yeah. very intentional to me. And I don't you know I don't mean to say that it's a bad fight scene because it's there's lots of cool shit in it. Yeah. Um. I have one more piece of evidence though. One more piece. Okay. Of evidence. Oh damn. The line that Smith says to Neo. Um, where he says, uh, shit, wait, give me one. You withheld this so that you could win the argument, Ben. I don't like this. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Smith is fighting, uh, 
Neo, and they're in like below, sort of the in the sewers area. They're getting very dirty, and I did notice that as well. They they like they brought back the dirt, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. really nice. Um, and Smith says, "You've lost something, Tom. You're not what you used to be." Now, obviously, Neo is Lana Wachowski, so. What is that saying? Maybe something about the action, something about the storytelling, a, la- a lack of belief in yourself or something. Yeah. And Neo says, it's true, followed by a really cool run-up-the-wall kick that I, that I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's some of that kind of, I guess, juice or, or something that, that, uh, that felt very the original trilogy for me that suddenly mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. And he's like, nice. That was a good one, <laughs> Neo. And I'm like, ah, there, there's something about, like, it felt like there was this relationship to action in it yeah. that that felt so deliberate to me that I just I can't I can't resist not bringing it up. <laughs> Fuck you, you win. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, well that's that's as well though. Like they had a different fight choreographer, you know, different DP, different crew. Like you know, there's, yeah. there's a whole bunch of reasons it could look like this, yeah. and everyone has a different taste. So. I, I do I do I, quite like Lana's that take though. Changed. I enjoy that in the sense that like. The immediate you've lost something, yeah, maybe I have. Here, here it is. Then, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I haven't yeah. lost it. I just wasn't using it, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I just got a note that says simulate. No, that's one of my little things. <laughs> that's one of them. <laughs> Damn, I've only got one little thing left. No one else better take it. <laughs> okay, I won't take it. So, uh. what do we think? The 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 final the end of this movie. Um, the main goal, the third act, is a big heist, mm. which we haven't yes. done since really the... No, I actually think every one of them is a big heist, actually, if you boil it down. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this big heist to go get Trinity? I, was, I quite like it. Um, I, I I was following it all throughout. Um, I kind of... I, I, but Ben, maybe you can explain this to me a bit. The um, It's made possible by something that Sati's father gave to her. <laughs> which he was then obviously punished and erased or they used purged, I think is mm-hmm. the word they used. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was that? What, what was she talking about? That was the resurrection pods themselves, the chamber. Right. Uh, the chamber that they're all held in. He built that, he designed it, and he gave her basically the access code to it when he realized what they were going to do with it. Um, so essentially, they're able to get in there because they've hacked it. I see. Okay. And that's obviously yeah. how Neo and Trinity are even still drawing breath. Yeah, 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 because uh, they're they're kind of being really sneaky. Like when you know they sneak him, they sneak Morpheus inside, and then he kind of just shuts down the defenses so that they can get in and then get out before the Sentinels. And then they come down and they're like, "Oh, where are they?" Yeah, and so that's how they. Manage I, I like that they come down, huh? What, like, what do they do? And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it. Yeah, it's it's really really fun. I love I love how it hinges on, um, it's. There's less of an assumption uh, than the previous three movies had, which is like, there's a line about how like we've Neo's freed more month, more minds in the last six months than we have done in six years, and like, it's there's very much a focus on like get people out of the matrix, get them a fucking washcloth t-shirt, and give them a gun, and they can fight the machines with us. Mm. And in this one, it's more like if Trinity doesn't want to go, then we go, then she's not going. Like it's choice and that's what matters quite a lot and i really really liked how that yeah. was it gave that, the, that was the result of revolutions as well that was part of the mm. treaty is that people who want to stay in the matrix yeah they should like just just give them give them more of a blatant choice the problem was that yeah. they give them a subconscious choice mm. so they could control them yeah what do you what do you make of it nathan the heist i like it i really like the whole scene in the coffee shop in simulate itself um mm. it's just very <laughs> tense i'm walking into fucking simulate and just seeing 
just cops everywhere immediately. <laughs> That's something to be scared of. Um, and then you, and then there's the whole fucking action sequence. Um, it's it's it feels big, but it's small. Um, and and I like the ridiculous nature of it. The fact yeah. that we have swarm mode activated and then everyone just turns into fucking zombies and then you got trinity and neo on a bike as people just fucking hurl themselves out of the windows and turn into literal bombs like that's so fucking stupid but it's so fucking cool as well like that (laughs) how, how can you watch that and think this is bad like it's so good man you got people committing suicide and just fucking being a bomb basically Great, love it. I'm all for it. If I if I was going into the Matrix to free minds, the first thing I'd lead with is like, yeah, sure, steak tastes nice here or whatever. But at any point in your life, you could suddenly get up and sprint headfirst out of a like, <laughs> yeah. like, do you want that? Do you want that to happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. What about, what's what's your what's your I, take, Ben? Uh, I think it's you know. Uh, well, it's, it's that idea that Nathan said. Like, it's smaller. Like, even the Matrix itself is smaller because there's less people in it. Like, yeah, there's they they it's a, it's occupied with a lot of bots. Um, most of these people who you talk to and interact with are just like they're not gonna break out of the simulation because they are the simulation. Mm. You know? mm. And that's that's super evil and insidious. And I like just yeah the smaller nature of it because it keeps it personal. It doesn't it doesn't mean that this whatever happens here is going to be the end of the matrix or we're going to solve the war it's just just want to accomplish this because we need trinity deserves to have a choice so let's give it to her you know yeah she was yeah. Un, and, and that's really sweet to me and sort of that big moment where she's like i hated that name you know i i i, I became trinity because i hated that being called tiffany and sort of smacking him and then reaching out to neo neo ah! they finally it's like the slow-mo and they get they touch and yeah music's really lovely God, I got so emotional on it. It was so sweet. <laughs> and the sheer power of their sexual attraction <laughs> causes like the entire place to explode. Their their sexual attraction was so powerful that it summoned the most dramatic man on the planet, Jonathan Groff's agent Yeah. Smith. Okay, so so here's the thing. So here's with my take on that as well. Because Jonathan, if he does represent the studio, think about this for a second. Warner Brothers said yes to this script. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. So they found common ground in like, Lana was like, hey, I finally, I've realized, okay, you want me to do this. I have a way to tell a very personal story, cap off this thing, give resolution to some stuff we left open-ended, and just do one little hurrah with this. And the Warner Brothers comes in at the last minute and is like, hey, you can control the Matrix, but I finance this movie, so I can also do bullet time. And <laughs> comes in, beats them up. They like they work together because that's that's what Lana and Warner Brothers did. In the end, yeah. You know? So yeah. that, that's a little, little metaphor for you. I like that. I do like that. I also like the like the the character kind of motivation where he, he even says like at one point you know, like, this is a quite, quite an unlikely alliance. And it's just, like, Smith, yeah, he hates the Matrix, but he likes this, I guess he likes this, like, new iteration of it where he can, like, he's better, he can kind of has more control. He's a walking ego narcissist who loves himself. Mm. And he the only reason he attacked Neo is because, like, if you, we have to kill you in order for us to, like, stay here, mm. you know? and But by the end, he's like, oh, wait, there's a way that I could be here and everything's fine and also the analyst won't have his chains on me because i like to be me he loves himself so much and he's like sure i'll, I'll help you out so that we can both get what we want this seems good to me he hates being controlled 
That's all he. That's all he wants. Yeah, yeah. Far more articulate than my 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 full note was far less articulate, which was <laughs> he he wants the analyst to have less control so he can be his wacky weird self again. Exactly though, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. His purest self. He's like I. He he's got so much joy in him. Yeah. you know, throughout the whole. The whole of the others, like he's enjoying every second of that final fight in in revolutions, and mm. now here he's like, oh, here's an opportunity to be me again, and mm. I, fuck yeah, I want to be me. I don't want to be part of like a system, and that's sort of his kind of, I guess, soft redemption because he's not really hurting anybody. He's just kind of going around being an asshole, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> yeah. but to, but more to like you know, in a more harmless way because he's not in, he's he's got he's got no drive to do the virus thing again. You know that that killed him last time. He's like, if I can live, then then let's do this. Yeah. Do you do you guys have any criticisms? Anything you don't like? I I genuinely don't think so. I think like it 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 if you split it up into like three acts, the opening is a really really interesting kind of exploration into what that life in simulation is actually like. the The second act is a very very nice reintroduction to. Uh, how the humans are living outside of the simulation. We get the ex- the natural expansion of that in a very satisfying way. And then the third is just basically like, what if love was powerful and did this? And <laughs> and there's 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 like, look for the first time in a fucking long time, something real is happening in this simulation, and it's too overwhelming for it to manage. And yeah. Neil Patrick Harris eats shit. Uh, I yeah, just yeah. I I just think it's <laughs> such a satisfying movie as a sequel. And it also just, yeah, it just functions on such a nice level of like, it's it's always towing this weird line of despising its own existence whilst reveling in the fact that it gets to tell a studio how to how these things are done while simultaneously being like, you suck. Which, yeah, sure. Which I think is really, really yeah. cool. But yeah, that I don't, I genuinely... So no criticisms? I don't think so. I like none that are like... Wow. Yeah, like it's yeah. not always the movie I'd like be like, I'm up for a good time, I'm going to put this on because it's heavy. But at the same time, hmm. I'm like this, you know, in in conversation with what's come before, I think it's the most accessible version of these themes for general audiences. And if I was going to rewatch hmm. The Matrix, it would be one or four. I, I, I'm I not too keen. Wow. Yeah, I, I know the sequels are good and I respect them for what they do. But I, I said this to Nathan in the episodes we did on Reloaded and Revolutions. There is a nature of the simplicity and the one and done Ness that is lost um, in in the natural expansion. Um, you so wouldn't yeah. ever throw on Reloaded if you was just feeling a little horny. Oh, if I was if I was feeling horny, yeah. then yeah. I, 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 Nathan, make no mistake. In a, on a very different website, that's a tab that's always open, just Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that. Yeah, no. Um, Jonathan Groff for me, like as I've mentioned, is just <laughs> it's just not hitting the same. Um, but while I, I like it, it's just again, I just prefer. It's it's to me, it's the biggest tragedy of this movie is that we couldn't get Hugo Weaving back. He was signed on, but yeah. we couldn't do it because of scheduling. Um, but then as well, I I feel like you you lose what I liked so much about the Matrix in the first three movies was the vagueness of it, and like. In terms of like, you know, it's not New York, it's not Chicago, it's not Sydney, even though it looks like it. It's it's just it's any city. It's it's not named. Yeah. It, no point as is anywhere named. It's just this vague city, 
Um, and also vague time period. Like, it's kind of 90s, but then it's also kind of like 1950s-esque as well. There's, It's never just you can pin it down to one kind of place and location. And with this version of The Matrix, like I said, it's to me, it's very much modern-day San Francisco. They never say San Francisco, but at one point they do say they're in Tokyo. And then I'm like, ah. Oh. All right. Oh, yeah. I guess. Oh, I never realized that. That's, yeah. That's the so, first name drop of a city. Yeah. So y- yeah. it's like, it's very much, I guess, the Matrix is Earth then. But like, I don't know. I just liked the yeah. idea that it was kind of like a place, a city, just something they've created, mm-hmm. really. So. And my understanding yeah. of how it works is that it was originally just a nameless city. Yeah. Um, it might have been just one city in a mountain range, like, really. Um, but as with this new matrix, now you're occupying it all with bots. Where do all the people go? Let's make the whole earth then. And then so okay. they're all over. Mm, is sort of, yeah. that's, that's my interpretation of how that works. That it is act, It did used to be that, but now because you have so few, you need to scatter the people a lot more. Yeah. Them all with bots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just reminded to- of some of them are Tokyo. I'm just reminded of like how long we spent the other day trying to work out like, if the highway is that long for the highway sequence in yeah. Reloaded, where could they put, like, where are all those turnoffs going? Like, where are they going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's two cities. There's just two cities. There's a big highway. Well, the, the conclusion we found was that they're all just driving in a big circle yeah. until the day it's ends. It's just a big yeah, ring yeah. road. It's just yeah. a big ring road around the city. Yeah. yeah. They're doing like the Homer Simpson in the Simpsons movie. Oh, yeah. He's like going around the roundabouts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple closing thoughts, if you don't mind. Sure, um, yeah. please. So, in the end, Trinity sort of also becomes the one. I imagine in some combination of resurrection and being in touch with like her past self, and you know, just just breaks the code, sees it, and goes, "This is beautiful," and then flies mm-hmm. out. And um, they finally meet in the real world, and then they go to the analyst and say, "Fuck you, we're around now." And he's like, "The sheeple are not going to go anywhere." And they're like, "Well, we're just going to make this world more beautiful then." Mm-hmm. Like that's that's sort of the there's a futility in in what. Um, Lana's trying to do and sort of wake everybody up. You can't really, but no. if we sort of wrap it, like this movie's about so many things successfully, I think. Mm. I think like, and and so it's simultaneously reckoning with the fact that it has to be made and they don't want to, but then coming to a conclusion that, well, would it be really bad if we made something in this world? Like we go back to it and we do something, we try to say something interesting and that sort of is the hopeful kind of ending. It's just like, yeah, fuck you. Fine, we're, we're doing this. And now there's two ones. They're back alive. My parents are vicariously alive again. And that's, that's lovely. And we're going to be a beacon of hope and try and paint the sky with rainbows because we're LGBT friendly. And I don't like to look at it as like the fourth Matrix. I think of it as its own thing. It's just like this separate singular film that is a, some kind of epilogue or future story that just great i have one last thing to say which is just let's try and make the world a little bit better <laughs> that's out of all yeah. the philosophy books that she read is that <laughs> but also it's just so i cannot look at this movie and not see just a deeply personal perspective like communicating one like experience of a, of a human being and i love that i think that's what art's for and like such a yeah. unique position to be in and this is absolutely what should have been done with this scenario everything in this 100%. yeah Lawrence, any closing thoughts? Um, oh, it's woke though. It's too woke. <laughs> it's woke. Yeah. It's, it's certainly so, woke. Wait, never. You should actually disregard everything I said because it's woke. <laughs> yeah, and we don't like that. Yeah, yeah. So woke is bad. It's, Everyone. It's knows pushing that. agendas, yeah. Ben. God. Yeah. yeah. Two out of ten. Yeah. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Too woke. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, just kind of, um, actually, I was, just, <laughs> I was just reminded of Nathan's joke last week about how 
Um, <laughs> like, yeah, their their mission now is to go out and instead of instead of freeing people and attempting to always correct the corrupted minds, I guess is like what we'd say, like fucking incels force fed fucking dog shit, like criticism and fucking dumb takes and all of this. Like you're never going to fully, you can't fix someone. Like if that's how they think and nah, feel, yeah. then unfortunately yeah. that's just the case. And whether you agree or disagree, like all you can do is just continue to, like push on, be yourself and refuse to apologize for being around and for existing. And in hopefully in doing so, you kind of give enough um enough other enough other people out there the courage to do the same and the world becomes slightly better through, you know, a strength in numbers as opposed to trying to change the minds of everyone that have already made them up. Yeah. Um which, yeah. which I think is interesting. I also really this was Nathan's joke that I really Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yay. But I like I like Nathan's joke about how now they're off to go and um do whatever they want in their Minecraft server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. I that's that's the that. happy ending. Yeah. That's gorgeous. They're on yeah. creative mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um I'd like to recommend everybody to a video by Emp Lemon. Mm. Um, Emperor Lemon, uh, Emp Lemon on YouTube, and he did a video called The Matrix Debooted, and it just tackles the sort of um, idea of like reboots and how this movie talks about that in a nice way. So, nice. That, that as well. Check there it out. Go. Watch that. They've got a list. They've got I homework. would, well, if we're recommending videos, I would like to recommend um, a series of videos essentially called Caravan of Garbage. Um, if you hey! look it up, there's, uh, there's three videos on The Matrix. Um, edited by two idiots. Not sure their names, but yeah, you can find them. Look those up. They're pretty good fun. So there's other. Oh, there, yeah. there, there, I know there is one guy called Ben from Canada, and I think that's. I think it's solely him. There's no one else that's ever been any kind of, you know, creative uh, engagement. Just going yeah, from what everyone yeah. seems to think is the yeah. yeah. That's my. I, I haven't watched the videos, but you know, I yeah. imagine it was just one person. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, little things, Ben, we do for this Matrix. Uh, these are such kind of dense movies that every now and again we gloss over the little things that are quite fun. Simulate is a perfect example, as Nathan mentioned earlier. Sure. Uh, any any quick little things, and we'll go we'll go one by one if you'd like to start until one of us runs out. Okay. I love the little um, Sentinel action figure on uh, Neo's <laughs> desk. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nathan, hit me. Um, I love that Niobe is old, and she's just very, and it's just very clearly Jada Pickett Smith in old lady makeup. I like that. <laughs> um, I like that Tiffany's husband is literally called Chad. Yeah, <laughs> Chad. It's Chad St- Stilowski. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I said his last name right. Is from that, director John Wick. Is that, is that him? Oh. Yeah, it's him. It's a stunt double. Oh my that god! Worked on John Wick. Oh my god! Yeah. He didn't he he did the stunt work in the first three Matrix movies as well, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he like, did. He was his double, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, he was a, a double, and then he got into directing, and then he did John Wick, yeah. which is oh, fucking shit. wild. Yeah. Um, and he looks exactly like John Wick in this movie, Neo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Uh, I've got another little thing. The bit where um, all the pilots, um, Bugs comes up and steps forward and says, I volunteer. It's like, no, I'm ordering you to go. She's like, well, I volunteer. And then she's like, all right, I need two more. And then everybody steps forward. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that moment a lot. That was very cool. 
Yeah. yeah. I have no more little things. Okay, my final little thing uh, is um, straight off the bat, if it wasn't obvious enough that this movie is making a comment on legacy sequels, um, like one of the first things that Bug says is, what was it? Is it, why use old code to make something new? And it's just the like, yeah. mm. like the plea for <laughs> originality, please do something else. But yeah. if we're going to do this, then fine, at least. <laughs> um, that is that is my final little thing. Ben, do you have a final little thing or a list that you can now just reel off until you're done? I have a final thing. And it was uh, uh, Morpheus steps out of the toilet um, <laughs> and he says, you know, oh, yeah, I, I thought I'd give that line. You know, remember, remember in the other in the other movie? Remember when I said that and it was there mm. and he says, but now coming out of a toilet. Is it a tragedy or a farce? And I think that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, lovely. This brings us to the close of the first kind of event that we've had. If you can call we it an event. The Matrix. We did it. We did it, Reddit. We did it. <laughs> we did it. It was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that much different from doing anything else. <laughs> so, like, yeah. we basically, we arrived and recorded four consecutive weeks. Uh, so... <laughs> Well done, us. Hell Stay yeah. tuned next week for Indiana Jones. No, 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 no. We're not. <laughs> Is it actually? No, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> ben, Ben, you know what's coming. I cannot, t- I cannot invest that much of my life in Indiana Jones <laughs> for a whole month. That's fair. Good, good point. Good point. Um, yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, I know what we're doing next week. We're doing this. Yeah, you know what we're doing. In a time of darkness. When fear ruled the galaxy. Move along. This is a restricted area. Heroes will rise. Entering hyperspace. Destinies will collide. Who is that kid? And a rebellion will ignite. I have I have three seasons of television to watch in that time. Um Better go watch him. Yeah, fun. They can give us a little follow. Uh, if 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 your audience would be so kind, we are at another happy pod on Twitter. Uh, you can give us a little follow there. You will get a little post to remind you when new episodes go out, which will happen on Fridays at ten a.m. And uh, they can give us a review. But uh, I would like uh, Ben to tell them how that they how they can do that. Um, <laughs> as a person who's never ever left a review. <laughs> on a podcast before except ours ben look it up (laughs) (laughs) outrageous outrageous give us five stars or don't but please do it'd be cool you don't have to oh yeah there's that button you can just press five stars yeah yeah yeah, just do that yeah yeah yeah. you don't you you know if you're gonna sign up and all that it's not we're not asking you to do all of that (laughs) there's no there's no credit card info that will take a zero pound charge just Mm. to prove you're not you're not fake there's none of that. Just press a button. Mm-hmm. That'll do us. That's all we need. Um, do we have anything else to say? Excellent. Oh, Nathan, we have another podcast. Yeah. What's that? Yes, we do have another wonderful podcast. Uh, still got legs. It's all about the weird and wonderful world of Doki Who. Three uh, Doctor Who cast members in this movie, uh, uh, from my last count. Um, oh, yeah. So we got uh, Freeman Agerman, who played one of the Matrix people. Um, Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris who were both appearing oh, yeah. in the same episode so there we go, oh, yeah. good bit of fun um, so yeah, still got legs every Monday 10am we talk about Doctor Who and it's um, it's pretty unlistenable, I'm not going to lie but check it out <laughs> <laughs>
Ben, thank you very much for joining us. As always, we thank brought you. you in as the you person can... to explain shit to us. <laughs> no problem. You can follow... Uh, uh, link my Instagram, please, because I'm popping off on Instagram yes. now. Uh, Twitter is evil, so I'm not using it as much. Best Roger. way to keep, t- keep tabs with me is on Instagram. Roger, um, Roger. Everyone, what is your Insta, your, I'll give you a follow now. Uh, ben China Pen. Ben China Pen. Boom. That's it. There we are. One final message for everybody before we close out. You are beautiful. You're valid. The, the system's in place. It has control over you, but it's up to you what you do about that. Try and make the world a better place. That's what this movie's uh, about. Amen. And I'd just like to build off that and say The Matrix Reloaded still stands as the horniest movie of all time. <laughs> Very we did nice. it, Reddit. Woo! <laughs> Nathan, hit us with the theme song. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.